When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your hosts from SteelersDepot.com where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora. Always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 120. He's today, Brian. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Friday, Steelers Nation. And the pick is in. And with the 14th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Georgia offensive tackle Broderick Jones, trading up with the New England Patriots from 17 to 14, giving up a fourth-round pick, 120 overall. That is the... 10-second recap of what happened on a very busy day number one. Dave, how you doing? And congrats to you on Babe Ruth calling this one with Broderick Jones. You nailed it. Omar coming. Omar. Omar coming, <laughs> yo. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, what an exciting first round, right? I mean, full of uh, full of trades and a couple of surprises in there. And you know, as you mentioned, uh, him moving up. Uh, from 17 to 14 there with the Patriots. And, you know, that's something that you'd been talking about for quite a while. You know, them, mm-hmm. uh, they're potentially moving up. Uh, and if they did, uh, it took me a little, little while to come around to the notion that that, that might be what they ultimately do there. But, uh, uh, I think I even said in my mock draft, I wouldn't be surprised if they did move up to get one, you know, uh, the last, uh, at the bottom rung of those uh those tackles there i was starting to get a little worried there especially with the uh the way that first round was shaken out and the cardinals after all i think did go tackle right uh mm-hmm. and six. and after all and there was you know a, you know a couple more started coming off the board there and 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 i gotta admit about uh, i don't know pick 11 12 or something like that i was starting to think yeah that's a couple of strong hurdles that uh, Broderick Jones has to make it over at this point for him to get to 17. Uh, but however, comma, as soon as I, uh, I, I saw the report come in that they were going to, that they were trading up to 14, mm-hmm. I start, I started feeling a little bit better at that point uh, there. Now, obviously uh, Christian Gonzalez was still on the board. I know a lot of the fan base was, uh, was hollering for that to happen uh, there, but you know, time and time again, I made sure to put out there and, and write about it and talk about it. Steeders, the Steeders went into this draft for just three tackles under contract. One of them was Lorraine Clark and and uh, I, two and a half tackles. That's yeah, kind of what two, it feels like. Two, two and a half tackles. And, you know, uh, it's, it, at that point, it was easy to kind of, you know, with the one of the first couple picks, it had to be tackles. And look, if you did not get Broderick Jones there. You know, e- Anton Harrison went, you know, later on in the round, right? Uh, yep, Jacksonville. I, I, uh, I believe. And I mean, you're you're down into the Matt, Matthew Bergeron area at that point. So uh, I like the call. And as we've talked uh, you know, a few times, uh, you know, uh, over the years on this podcast and really most recently, you're not I, I don't think you can fault a team 
whoever the pick is until obviously way after the fact for showing conviction to go on up and getting a player that they want. And that's what they did here. They, uh, they identified that they probably had to get a whole, get ahead of the jets there. They knew Broderick Jones was a player that they liked and wanted and knew a lot about knew he's the, the last of those, uh, of that first tackle run and they went up and got him. So, uh, Boy, it feels good to finally hit one of these. It's been a couple of years since I've hit a first-round draft pick, but uh, here we are. Uh, and uh, good young player in Broderick Jones. It's pretty crazy to think about that in one way, the Aaron Rodgers trade benefited the Steelers because the Jets, as part of that deal, swapped 2023 first-round picks with Green Bay going from 13 to 15. And that allowed Pittsburgh to more easily jump the Jets at 15 with the Patriots at 14, give up less draft capital because I think the sense was there was A, the offensive line run, Paris Johnson at 6 to Arizona, Darnell Wright at 10 to Chicago, Peter Skronsky 11 to Tennessee. It just really left Broderick Jones, and it felt like the odds were pretty high the Jets were going to take him had he been there. So you know, as you said and as you just mentioned, you always have to respect and appreciate when a, when a team, when ownership wants to go up and and make a move. And Pittsburgh, to their credit, has been aggressive about trading up the last couple of years. 2019 for Devin Bush. Uh, they tried to go up for Kenny Pickett last year. They had a deal with Houston on the table, and the Texans turned it down, and then going up this year. And so you have to, to appreciate that mindset, and you're right. Get that upside player, bet on traits, bet on tools, and the debate was always corner versus offensive tackle, and this cornerback class is so deep tackle class, anything but. And so go up there, get your guy at a premium position uh, that, that every team has to have a strong left tackle to succeed in, in the NFL. Absolutely. And boy, the, the way things kind of uh, had went up and today. Yeah. At that point I was wondering, okay, uh, you know, w- what are the, not that it matters at that point, but uh, jets taking Will McDonald. I mean, I look, I, I like Will McDonald. I know you do as well too, but I think we both kind of had him as a second round pick. You know, sec, uh, your early day two pick uh, there. There were quite a few selections in this first round that, uh, I mean, you get uh, Jameer Gibbs going to 12 overall. Mm. <laughs> and then Jack Campbell at 18. I love Jack Campbell, but 18. Yeah, yeah. Jack Campbell at 18. Uh, Kalijah Kansi uh, at 19 there. Uh, all this before, I mean, in, the first wide receiver didn't go off the board until uh, 20th overall. And then you had a slight little, little run on them. Uh, and, and once again, you had Christian Gonzalez, uh, fall, you had an extra tackle and Anton Harrison go, uh, uh, our, our boy Felix and a Duke Zamo uh, to close out the round. Interesting first round. But, uh, when it comes to the Steelers specifically, this was a, this was a position we talked about quite a bit and tackle and, uh, you know, they had to move up a couple of spots to get it and they only give up a fourth round pick in the process. And they still sitting on two second round picks at this point. And obviously a lot of speculation has been for a while now, what's going to happen with that 32 and Joey Porter, not going in the first round. That's, right. uh, uh, I, I'm not sure I would have bet on that happening, you know, uh, uh, coming out of this night, but, uh, anyway, uh, where shall we move? You get a good young player in, in, in Broderick Jones, a young player, a still developing player, a very inexperienced player, uh, a very measurable Steelers player. Uh, he, What didn't he do that would have checked all the boxes w- with him? 
was it? He the, did not do the shuttles. Okay, didn't do three cone uh, short shuttle, but I think he hit every other box. And look, you look at his tape, he would have hit that shuttle mark. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's a good athlete. Great athlete. <laughs> All right. Where do we go here? Yeah, let's talk about Broderick Jones. He is the pick. 21 years old, you know, basically one year left tackle experience at Georgia, started four games in 2021, and then was basically the full-time left tackle in 2022. There was some rotation happening there, and so occasionally he would sub out for Warren McClendon or or somebody else. Um, you know, high athlete, raw right now, but long arms, 34, three quarters, basketball player. You know, was, could, you know his coaches say he could have played college basketball if he wanted to, but big five-star recruit. Um, a guy that's great in space, a guy that can get after it in the run game, has some nasty, has some finish to him. Watching some more tape last night, him refitting his hands, and he's going to work on his punch. I think the punch is going to be maybe the biggest thing Pat Meyer has to correct on him, him, that and having more controlled pass sets, but a guy with the tools and traits to be that, you know, real top-end pass-protecting left tackle that can run block as well. And so he hits all the notes that, that Pittsburgh, I think, was looking for. Uh, at Georgia last season, 900, uh, when we're talking about tackle, uh, I, I didn't include any, any eligible, you know, tackle eligible snaps in any of these. I'm just looking at left or right tackle snaps, uh, overall within this, uh, last season, 930 snaps at left tackle and left tackle only 2021, 428 snaps at left tackle nine at right tackle in total 2020 he only played 25 tackle snaps all of them at right tackle uh there he was asked uh uh, during his conference call last night about uh experience playing right tackle and even though we have a total here let me take my shoes off 25 and 9 uh carry to one that's 34 career right tackle starts or, or snaps at georgia he said he practiced uh, at right tackle every day in practice, and that was because they carried a three-man tackle rotation at the University of Georgia. Very proper guy. I like I like guys that uh, very very proper. I mean, he 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 didn't just say at Georgia at the University of Georgia. <laughs> you gotta say the whole thing, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, he said that, uh, you know, they all they all rotated around because they had a three man uh, rotation there. So it, uh, not that that's where he's going to end up. I don't think I think we both agree that the race is on for uh, for for the starting left tackle gig at this point between him and and, and, and Dan Moore. But uh, and yeah, the tape only says 34 snaps at, at, at right tackle during his University of Georgia career. <laughs> but uh, it sounds like he practiced a lot at the position. So should should for whatever reason you need him to play right tackle, uh, he should be able to do that for you. And I think what jumps out and, and I already wa- had watched the. Uh, uh, about two and a half of the three games that we had already had all, all, all 22 tape on him on prior to prior to the draft there, I uh, went uh, back and watched the uh, uh, Ohio state game uh, last night. And then went back through some of that other tape uh, just the athletic athleticism on him, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about a kid that can, he gets off the ball quick uh, he can get out in space quick, uh, get to the second level. 
uh, and can do a lot of damage for you out on, on the edge. Should you run, you know, some of them crack tosses or should you run some of them screens, wide receiver screens? He can, he can get out there and make an impact instantly. Uh, I like his ability. He's got great contact balance. Uh, I think, I think his ability to change direction is very, very nice, uh, there. Uh, he's got good fundamentals when it comes to, uh, you know, some of those kind of like log, you know, log blocks where you turn back in real quick uh, uh, and have to square your guy off in, 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 in that aspect there. Uh, those The hand fighting, man, I can remember back watching the uh, Dan Moore Jr. Uh, tape uh, when he was drafted. And I thought, okay, you know, the hand usage, I, I, I see a little bit of it and all like that. Uh, you can really tell the uh, hand and the arm usage on, on, on Broderick Jones on his all 22 and, and as his ability to reset those hands inside there, I think mm-hmm. one, one of the drawbacks on him, uh, and I talked about this about Joe Tipman the other day, uh, 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 after watching his tape, uh, as well there too. Sometimes those hands, man, he, I don't know if he's trying to, you know, w- let the defender make his first move or whatnot. Those hands, he'll carry him a little bit low sometimes there. Uh, and he's, a, uh, he does have long enough arms that when he does finally fire off, he, he's going to win a lot of those battles there. But I think you want to see the carriage of the hands a little bit higher out of the snap. Uh, here, uh, there are some instances I see where you had, where, where he gets some late hands and, uh, uh, Really, his worst tape that I came across was against Missouri, against the guy that I talked about in Isaiah McGuire. That's mm-hmm. a fun. That's a fun. I don't know if you watch that. Uh, that's a fun battle, uh, right there. And that going back and watching that, I'm thinking, man, maybe, maybe Isaiah McGuire is going to end up with the Steelers here. <laughs> uh, that was really to me from 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 the tape that I watched. That was his 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 toughest battle. Uh, there overall, he'll give up a little ground at time. I think in some of his sets, a little bit deeper than you like, but he can jump set off the ball uh, quickly. And uh, I mean, a lot of his tapes really, really, really good. It, just one of the things that stuck out to me was kind of the carriage of the hands of the late hands at times. And he, he, he can some, that sometimes allow hands to get into his chest. And that's going to be a really important thing under Pat Meyer because he's all about first contact. I think every O-line coach is, but probably even more so under Coach Meyer. And so that's going to be a big thing for him. But when you have length with nearly 35-inch arms and his athleticism, I think he's going to be able to improve upon that. It's funny. I was listening a couple of days ago before the draft started to uh, Jones' combine interview, and he had mentioned McGuire as one of the toughest guys he had faced this past season. So, mm. so good on you for for mentioning that, that that stuck with Broderick Jones. Just going through my notes last night, writing some stuff down, watching additional tape on him. Just a quick synopsis on some of the big picture good and bad that I have written down for Jones in his game. Uh, in terms of the good, athleticism, burst and snap off the line, ability to pull, uh, work out in space, you know, length, you see those basketball feet. He can seal and wash in the run game. So I'm against Keon White, Georgia Tech, just creating lanes all game long can refit his hands when he misses with his punch. He can finish in the run game. There's some nasty to him there. In terms of negative snap timing, want to see him a bit quicker off the snap, but there was a little bit of delay there in some of his tape. 
Uh, I think his punch is initially a little too high. He's got to bring, you know, be able to have a more coordinated punch, lower punch, so he does not have to refit as often. Uh, needs to be more controlled in his past set. Sometimes we'll you know not stay square and be a little over aggressive. And of Ohio, course, the being, Ohio State, you see, you see that uh, on a snap or two against Ohio State. Okay, for sure, for sure. Uh, open, and then just open those hips a little bit too much. Yeah, and then just being the one-year starter, obviously, comes with some of the rawness in his game. Now, he did start 15 games last year because Georgia's, you know, winning the national title. So that gives him more experience than your typical, say, 11 season for for a college team, 11-game season. So um, there's that. But still, you know, 21 years old, still a lot to learn. But the talent is, is definitely all right there for him. You know, with the talent that you see on tape, and then you look and you uh, you realize how – how little overall he's actually played. Uh, and we, we talked about, you know, this is part of the reason too, that I thought might be a reason why he might slide like he did because, you know, not, not have, having, uh, and, you know, obviously Paris Johnson didn't have much more uh, than, than him. Right. But, uh, uh, you know, obviously nowhere near the experience of, of, of a guy like Darnell, Wright, You know, coming out of college uh, there, but I think from what you can see in just his tape alone uh, from last year, the the ability versus knowing how little he has played at the college level uh, gives you, and then looking at it at at at, at his his flaws gives you the notion that he's got a, he's still got a high, high ceiling on him. And there's, and and another thing I couldn't help, but, 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 but thinking last night, Alex, he's, he's not even a grown man yet. You know, 21, Uh, he's going to, and and I mean that from a body type, sure. He's going to fill out a little bit. He looked, I I kept thinking, uh, going back, man, he's, he's got a nice looking, got a nice looking physique. A real, real kind of slimish, you know, kind of, kind of Marquise uh, Pouncey-ish from from his early days. Remember how sleek Marquise was coming out? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of got that that feel from that man. This this kid's going to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, fill out a little bit, and uh, and go from there. So uh, some nice cut blocks in his tape. Uh, and, and the ability to get down quick, man, and and, and cut those feet out. Uh, as you mentioned, how many times do you see a left tackle pulling to the right? Yeah, now they did the skip pull, so it might be a little bit different under Meyer in terms of how they're going to ask the pull square versus skip. But just seeing the burst, yes, let us. I mean, this guy moves like a tight end, and mm-hmm. this guy's incredible out in space. He really is, and uh, that gets you excited there. So, I mean, I don't know what else to add. I mean, he. Uh, I, oh, I, I picked this up last night as well, too, watching him on some twists and some stunts. I think he does a very good job of identifying that and passing that stuff off. And uh, another thing that stuck out to me when when, when watching the, uh, the end zone copies was uh, he does a good job of communicating with his left guard. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you see a lot of him uh, pre-snap. Uh, talking to to his left guard there, so that was good to see. Uh, just just as an observation overall, and uh, does a good job of uh, uh, you know uh, banging and getting to the second level on some of those double teams. So uh, they they should uh, feel comfortable get 
getting some runs over to that left side uh, behind him without a doubt from, from even where he is right now in his development. I know Mike Thomas is going to say, well, put these guys in there, let them compete and all like that. There's no way that this guy is not your starting left tackle week one. I think he'd be the favorite, but he is 21. He is raw. And if he's not ready day one, you have a guy in Dan Moore that you trust. And so I think, you know, if he has to sit for a bit because of how young that he is, this is not a 23-year-old, three-year starter where you feel like this guy's got to be ready to play right away. So if he's not quite ready, then, you know, it's to me not going to be the end of the world. But obviously, first-round picks play much sooner than later. That's the expectation. And so, you know, he'll be probably considered the favorite. But I think it'll be a really good good battle in camp. I think Dan Moore's a really hard worker. I think his game has improved over time. I think Broderick Jones will challenge him, and they'll make each other better throughout that natural competition. All right. There's really been no competition attack right. over the last several seasons. Let me let me give you a question here, and I, and I don't know the answer to it, but Broderick Jones is the Pittsburgh Steelers' most athletic tackle since... Who? Oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know the answer. Marvell Smith? like Yeah, it has to be. I would think Marvell Smith, maybe. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's a great question. Uh, yeah, I think it probably is Marvell Smith. I mean, Villanueva obviously was a former receiver, tight end. but Yeah, he tackle. wasn't He wasn't anywhere close. Right, uh, right. Uh, and uh, beach having that. Good athlete, not at this level, not not at this kind of freak show type level. So it's probably a Marvel Smith type, and so um, that alone does not make you a good tackle. But but the prospect of what he can be is really exciting, and I think Pat Myers is going to be a great coach for him. He's a teacher. He's not a guy who yells and screams and you know that kind of stuff. He's a he's a quieter type guy. I think that'll probably resonate with Broderick Jones, who's kind of a more quieter, reserved type personality. Talked about that. Heard about that. Uh, throughout his Georgia career. And so that's a guy that admire that will teach and be able to really, you know, guide and build Jones up. And so um, I think Pat Meyer is going to be a really good coach for Broderick Jones. Yeah. Uh, and once again, you know, you, you see a lot of that, uh, a lot of that, uh, you know, aggressive uh, quick snap out of, out of Broderick Jones and some of his tape too, and his ability to really jump, jump out, you know? Yeah. And also should mention, Isaac Williams will get to see Broderick Jones again. <laughs> I had forgotten about the clip until you tweeted it out last night about the, that was uh, Broderick Jones at the combine that right. threw Isaac Williams out of the club in that in that drill. So maybe that was the moment they said, hey, maybe we should uh, really consider this Broderick Jones gentleman. There are certain things that stick in your mind. Right. And uh, that, 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 that that's one of the things from the combine, that clip that you had shown uh, there. Man, Alex, uh, how old were you in 1996? Three years old. That's the last time uh, the Steelers had uh, uh, had taken a tackle uh, in the first round of the NFL draft. So three year old Alex said Jermaine Stevens, terrible pick. And right. he was vindicated by that. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope Roderick Jones a bit better than Jermaine Stevens. And Matthew Marks, he had written. We made this point several times. First time since 2012, Pittsburgh had used the first or second round pick on an offensive or defensive lineman. And so that drought finally mercifully ends. Uh, Blues Clues is alive and well, Alex. Yes, sir. So every <laughs> every first round pick since at least 2010 has had Tomlin and or the GM at the pro day. Now, Jones came in for a visit, and that is, I think, generally atypical of first round picks. But it makes sense because 
we don't believe Pat Meyer was at that pro day. Right. So for Jones to come in the facility, get to, to talk to Meyer, be around the whole organization is a benefit. And Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan confirming last night there was a pro day dinner with Broderick Jones and several of his Bulldogs teammates. And so, as you said, the Blues Clues alive and well in the Omar Khan era. Yes, indeed. And it was interesting for them to pull, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit last night. And and, and Tomlin talk, uh, tell that tell that quick story about how, you know, he was down uh, down at the University of Georgia uh, a, a year ago and. You know, asked those guys. He really, they didn't know know who Broderick Jones was at that time. And you know, you obviously you had the whole coat. You know, and there, there's a lot of reasons for that. And and obviously with him being a young player and and all like that. But he's asking, you know, the guys that he had had you know went down to see at Georgia last year. Who is a guy that I'll be back to see uh, uh, next year? And and kind of universally, the answer was Broderick Jones. So that that's that's kind of fun to hear those uh, stories like that. And you know, they, uh, Omar talked about how from the combine to the pro, you know, they spent a lot of time with him and, uh, obviously he, 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 you know, he checked all the boxes along the, along the way there. And, uh, I, I can remember going back to the combine right there. Uh, he, uh, he was a good teammate. He really talked and, and, and defended his, uh, teammate Jalen Carter, at the time, because at the time that's when all that news had started uh, breaking out. I really thought he spoke uh, 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 really well there. I think he handles himself very, very well for a uh, for such a young kid there. So uh, I you know I don't know what's not to like about the pick overall. I mean, this was a huge, huge need for the Steelers there, uh, and you know they they moved up and got him. I think he could have survived and been, you know, okay with more and a core for it left tackle this year. But the chance to get that, you know, potential stud left tackle too tempting does not come along too often for a team like Pittsburgh that is most often picking in the teens and and 20s. And so to get that left tackle, have that chance to move up a couple of spots, not give up much to do so is is hard to to pass upon. I'm going to sound like the old man on the lawn yelling at, at, at the kids here for a second, Dave. But, you know, one small thing I like about Broderick Jones, I've done research on him both last night and then earlier this week as I was kind of really narrowing down the, the, the options for Pittsburgh in the first round. The loyalty that Broderick Jones has shown, you don't see that a lot in, in football these days. And I'm not mad at any player that wants to leave and transfer, or, you know, decommit and stuff like that. Um, you know, they should have, they, they have that right to do so. But he went to, Lithonia High School. It's a very small high school in Georgia, and he was a big time recruit. And the story is, when he was in high school, there was every you know other high school, the bigger high schools, trying to pull him away, trying to get him to go to their football team because he was you know a five star recruit. And he stayed in in that small school, and he didn't he didn't transfer. And then he committed to Georgia two years out, so he was uh, committing to Georgia. I think his his junior season. And, you know, a lot of guys decommit and change and he never did. And he had all these schools trying to wrestle him away. And there was a brief time where he reopened his commitment. But, you know, basically, end of the day said, I'm committed to Georgia. I'm a Georgia boy and I'm going to stay with the the team I initially committed to. And so I know those are small things. They don't doesn't make you a franchise left tackle. But for a guy to have that kind of loyalty and commitment um, for a young man like that, I think is, is pretty impressive. Uh, I would agree. And, uh, you know, they was asked, uh, I think they were asked something along the lines of, uh, uh, 
you have spoken about his upside. What intangibles or leadership qualities did you find in Broderick? And Mike Tomlin said, we are not necessarily looking for leadership qualities in a third year junior. We believe that's potentially in his future, but those guys, man, we like them for their physical pedigree, the things that they can do and the overall trajectory of their game and their lives. So he's an exciting guy. The leadership component of it will develop, I'm sure, with time. Perfect answer by Mike Tomlin there, I think. Yeah, he's 21 on a championship team. He's not going to be necessarily that leader uh, right away. He, the book on him is he's a, he's a pretty quiet, reserved guy. Um, some more on his background. You know, he likes car shows. He likes snakes. He's got a pet snake. At least he did, did at some point, I think, in college. He probably still does now. Uh, he likes motorbikes. He actually got in a motorbike accident in 2020, hurt his leg, and he gave up motorbikes, he said, because it was just too risky and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think you don't, you don't have to worry about him getting hurt again. Um, but those are just some of the things in the background. Again, I just like the background overall, kind of diving into the person, as far as I can tell from man on chair, you know, thousand miles away from Georgia right. um, can be. But I think the character, you know, squeaky clean Pittsburgh again, first round picks, whether it's Colbert and now Khan, you know, their first round guys have always been really high character individuals. All right. Uh, there we go. Got a tackle in the building now. And. Uh, anything else to add on him? Jump out on tape or anything? No, we'll keep watching. But I think I went through the the things that jumped out uh, to me going through the tape, you know, before the pick, and then certainly a bit more after the pick. So on to uh, obviously not surprised they moved up. Obviously not surprised with the pick, right? Of who it was. Yeah, I had said for a while I thought if Pittsburgh was going to make a move, it'd be to go up and and um. Not down, and I think I wrote in early April if Pittsburgh was going to trade up, it'd be for two names. It'd be Paris Johnson Jr. or Broderick Jones, and it ends up being, of course, Broderick Jones. So, like the move there from Omar Khan. All right, all right, day two, and it'll start off pretty quickly here, Dave. Uh, tonight, tonight at seven p.m. Eastern time, with pick number thirty-two, Pittsburgh. Right now, they're on the clock. Now, will they stay there? Will they stay at thirty-two? They got some great options. The board I thought broke really well for Pittsburgh to be in the spot with the two quarterbacks being there. Will Levis, which was a big surprise to me, and Hendon Hooker. So you got quarterbacks for teams to, to go up and get. Of course, you have Joey Porter Jr., uh, Brian Branch, other defensive back options on the table if you want to stay at 32. So this one could go either way. I'd be happy with it. What are you thinking here off the top of pick 32, Dave? Real quick uh, for the people, uh, we have another, has it hit yet? We've got another film room coming up on on Broderick Jones this morning from uh, from Jonathan Heitrader, right? Yeah, I think it just went up, but okay. it's up right now when people listen to this. Okay, great. Uh, so if you're looking for uh, some more film, obviously we had the draft profile uh, on him that was already done. And uh, we'll have, you know, if you're looking for more stuff to read and some tape to watch on him, uh, we we had that up on SteelersDepot.com right now. Yeah, it's uh, Jonathan Hightrader with a great article uh, and breakdown of what the, what the Pittsburgh's getting with Broderick Jones. All right. As far as, uh, you know, options here, <laughs> it's wide open. And, you know, there was already that report, you know, several hours ago that the Steelers phone's already been ringing and uh, you, you can bet it probably is. And especially with a couple of the quarterback options out there, uh, it will be interesting to see how this plays out, uh, how much. You know, I, I, th- I think it comes down to 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 the question of is. How far do you need to move back? Uh, do you value what you might, you know, how much do you value Joey, a guy like Joey Porter Jr. at this point? Uh, 
uh, you know, it, it, it is the hall of what you can get, you know, in, in return to move down worth potentially moving up or, or moving down and missing a player such as Joey Porter Jr. Uh, this team right now traded away that, uh, that, that, that fourth round pick, right? So you, you would think they're going to recoup that at some point, plus a little bit more. Uh, I would try to get as much as I could if I dealt this thing, obviously. Uh, and I would try not to go down too terribly far, uh, in the process here. So I don't know which way they're going to go, uh, overall here. I hope I'm not as big on Joey Porter Jr. as probably a lot of people out there listening to this. I, you know, I don't think he's an awful player, but I, I will say this, and I, I've said this throughout the process here. This team has holes, right? They need picks uh, to fill those holes, and if you can get a couple of 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 of, of earlier picks to do that, I mean. If you told me right now I can move down a couple spots and pick up a couple of, you know, I don't know, fourth, fifth round pick, whatever it is, uh, and I can still get a guy like Tariq uh, Stevenson and and miss out on Joey Porter Jr., I think I'd trade down. But uh, uh, it there there it, it is wide open for them to go there. I'm not going to hate them if Joey Porter Jr., if they stay put and they take Joey Porter Jr. there. Uh, I, I just think that, they need to really, really, and they will, they really need to listen to these offers here for that 30 seconds, start 30 second pick. And I, I, I'm hoping they deal out of it personally. Yeah. I don't mean to be a, a fence writer. I think I'd be happy regardless of what Pittsburgh does. I think there are real, as you're kind of alluding to incentives to trade down and a trade down does not necessarily have to mean going down 15 spots. It may right. only be, four or five spots. And to your point, because this cornerback class is so deep, you're going to get a good corner at say 38, or let's just throw out a, a name there with the Raiders at 38. You're going to get Brent's or Stevenson. And heck, who knows? Maybe Joey Porter Jr. will still be there. We didn't think he'd fall out of round right. one. So who the heck knows at this point, this draft, the, the whole back, whole back half of the first round was, was kind of off, off the charts in terms of, you know, trying to predict how things would go. Um, and they so, brought a lot of those mid-round kind of corners in too, man. You know, yeah, all of them. Rush, Stevenson, Brents. You know, Brian Branch was not brought in, but they they probably pretty familiar with him being at that Alabama pro day. Now he's more you know safety slot, but but you get the point. So th- there's going to be a corner there if they want to move down. So that, that that's kind of my thought because here's the thing: they they pick a pick eighty in the third round. They don't pick again until two forty one. In the seventh round, there is no the one thing I'm certain of. There is no chance that Omar Khan is going to sit there from pick 80 to pick 241 and do nothing. So at some point, they're going to have to trade down. And this is going to be your best opportunity to do so because, you know, you have teams interested in going up and getting one of these quarterbacks in Will Levis or Hendon Hooker. If you pick at 32, you're going to try to probably trade down at 49 or 80. But you have no idea if there's going to be teams willing to come up what their offers will be, you know, you're going to be in prime real estate position to move down. So I've kind of gone back and forth on this. My guess is ultimately this team will trade down how far, you know, all the terms. I don't know. I think they do move down because at some point I know they're going to move down. And this is as logical a spot as any. And you can probably play some leverage here to get a pretty good deal out of it. If you got a couple teams trying to come up for a quarterback. So 
not mad either way. If you want to sit there and, and take Porter at 32, if you, if you told me before the draft that you get Broderick Jones and Joey Porter Jr., I'm a pretty happy man. But I think just given that um, Grand Canyon size gap between right. the third and seventh round trading down here makes a ton of sense. And you know, I you you obviously can can make a move later too. You know, on top of it, you know, if if you needed to, if things go well in 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 day two, you you know, uh, and and you move down. Who knows? You, uh, I I don't think we've seen the end. I guess what I'm saying is, I don't think we've seen the end of of Steelers deals in this draft. No, again, that's the one thing I'm certain of. Again, there's no way. I thought I thought them going, you know, fourth round, one twenty to two. 41 was going to be a too long of a gap. Now you make that 80 to 241. They're going to do something. I mean, they would just, I think, be irresponsible to not, you know, bridge that gap to to some degree, pick up a pick and probably more than one. So we'll see. Uh, the report is, as you mentioned, Tom Pellicero saying Pittsburgh already receiving calls. The Eagles Chiefs confirming that they had received calls at 30 and 31. Teams trying to come up. Now, obviously, there's a fifth year option at play, which makes the first round more attractive, but still quarterbacks are quarterbacks. Teams want to get them. And I imagine whether that's, you know, Seattle, the Raiders, the Titans, who knows, somebody's going to want to come up and get a Levis or a hooker and get that quarterback at the top of day two. Right. Even without the fifth year option being involved now. Right. Because it's still a quarterback and you, right. teams want to need a quarterback. And once Levis and hooker are gone, the quarterback fall off is dramatic. And so there's still going to be an urgency to go to go get him, even even if the fifth year option is no longer in play. Right, uh, will 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 they sell the pick off? Again, I've gone back and forth. Short answer: Yes, I think they trade yes. it. I, I agree. I think they do as well too. And uh, uh, you know, and once again, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to hate it if 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 Joey Porter uh, is the selection there. But uh, this is a, a a a deep cornerback class, and who knows? And who knows? Maybe you maybe you can slide back a couple spots and still get Joey Porter. You know, sure. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know there, but uh, it, it, it's wide open at this point. And, and it's exactly what Mike Thomas said it might or what they said the other day in the pre-draft pro, uh, uh, pre-draft press conference that it might be is that, you know, very exciting to be in that position that they're going to have a lot uh, filling a lot of calls there overnight there. And that's 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 where we are on this. Yeah, the good news is they're in a really good place at 32 right now with options on the board to stay, options in all likelihood to trade down. And so they, there are no bad choices here. It's just what do you want to do? What offers will you get? How much do you like Porter? That's going to be the conversation, but it is a very strong position to be in. And you've already uh, rode overnight and had it up first thing this morning, and you know, uh, you know, day two options here for the Steelers. I mean, if you're looking at a at a wide receiver, obviously, a guy like Jonathan Mingo, who we've talked about a little bit through this process, uh, Darnell Washington, uh, uh, still on the board at this point. You got a couple of interior offensive line candidates, John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota, obviously the center, and then Cody Mock, whatever you want to do with him, guard, center out of North Dakota State. Uh, defensive line, several guys that we've talked about, Keanu Benton, uh, Jervon Dexter, who Dexter obviously didn't, you know, said he was coming in for a visit, didn't. Uh, but you know, as I, and, 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 and obvious fit there, uh, you even have Keon white listed here out of Georgia tech, uh, the edge guys, the guy that I had in my mock draft, I think in Tuli, 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 Loto out of USC, 
I'm gonna have I'm gonna struggle on him like Chiquamo <laughs> four four. Uh, what is it? Tui Pelotu. Tui Pelotu. People are gonna be people are gonna have to learn phonics with Dave. <laughs> uh, oh, you you know what we forgot to mention here, uh, hmm. Alex uh, DJ Turner. Uh, uh, specifically, and, and you have them in your article here out of Michigan, but uh, because of what we saw, not, and not that it's it's huge news information, we already knew that the Steelers went to the Michigan Pro Day, uh, uh, obviously during the off season there. But uh, we had a new name uh, to add who tagged along with them on that trip to Michigan. We do, and it was Grady Brown at that Michigan Pro Day. We knew that Tomlin and Con had been there but we didn't know if anybody else was there. I think that Michigan Pro Day was pretty closed off to the media. There wasn't a lot of reports coming out after the fact. And so in the- We knew uh, Alfredo was there. Yeah, we knew Alfredo Roberts was there. But um, yeah, in the episode of The Standard, the Pittsburgh Steelers ongoing series, they uh, had a camera crew go to the Michigan Pro Day. And so we saw that Grady Brown was there and ostensibly to see DJ Turner, who we not heard much of in the pre-draft process. So he's a guy that is not- does not have the size and physicality and press man ability of a Joey Porter Jr. or Julius Brents, but he's got great speed, can play inside out. And, um, you know, I think he's a, he's a good player overall. So that's one name to consider there because uh, there's a really strong day two correlation between positional coaches and Pittsburgh's picks. You know, last year, Pickens and Leal, you had Frisman Jackson, Carl Dunbar at their pro days. 2021, Pat Frymuth, Alfredo Roberts was there, Kendrick Green. Uh, Adrian Clem was there. And so there's a really reason strong correlation between the day two guys and having positional coaches attend those pro day workouts. Okay. Uh, you also listed uh, Jair Brown, Penn State safety. Uh, you know, obviously Brian Branch is a lot of people in my timeline uh, holler for Brian Branch. I don't know about yours uh, there, but, uh, and then, you know, you didn't even mention uh, guys in here. I, you having to get this up uh, last night, you know, obviously guys like Brent's and, 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 and some of these other guys that they brought in. Uh, no, Brent's Brent on- is on the list. Julius oh, is Brent's. it? Yeah. Brent's is on there. Yep. Oh, okay. I didn't see it here. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah I, I see him. I see him. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Tyreek Stevenson, you know, we mentioned Joey Porter, uh, 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 junior in this. So, I mean, I f- feel pretty good that probably at least one of these guys, uh, on, on, on this list, uh, day, day two, you know, possibilities for the Steelers might, might be, end up being the guy, you know? Yeah. It's going to be a busy day two right now with three picks, 32, 49 and 80 and a trade down could pick up, you know, something else potentially, you know, if you trade 32, you probably get maybe a third round pick later, third and a fourth or something like that. Hopefully out of the deal, depending on, you know, how far you're going down. So th- there's going to be options there. You, you, you got to think, you know, cornerback early, probably with that first pick, wherever it is, 32 or, or in a trade down scenario, you got to think corner is going to be the next place they go a given the depth of the class and b given the need that Pittsburgh has. And so, that's obviously where the Porter discussion comes from. But um, yeah, you're thinking corner, you're thinking may- maybe safety, D-line, interior offensive line. That's kind of where my head is at in terms of the directions Pittsburgh's most likely to go. And then Darnell Washington is your wild card. You know, could he be the guy if Pittsburgh, you know, is in love with with his tape and his game? Uh, how many how many picks will they make uh, Friday night? I got three right now. I think they will trade down. I think they you know, make four. Four, yeah. I'll go ahead and say four. Boy, how exciting would that be to talk about four more new Steelers after two days of the draft? It's gonna be busy. Be, uh, <laughs> the, the depot hamster is gonna be running on that wheel. You know, pretty pretty hot. But yeah, it's gonna be a a really fun day. 
Uh, okay, what else uh, do we need to hit? Do we need to send? Do we need to get uh, uh, Jonathan Hightrader some frequent frequent flyer miles next year or whatnot, and, and actually send him to some of these bigger pro days? Uh, maybe it's a thought. I guess, yeah. I mean, not opposed to it. Because I hate missing out on on <laughs> on Nathan. And I know the only reason we were watching that standard video the other night was to see if they what they show if they'd give us any surprise shots on a draft board or anything uh, like that, which they made sure obviously not to. But uh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I mean, we also learned where you know another place that Bruner went, and uh, uh, who else did uh, was new information in there. Yeah, I felt like we had we had figured out most of the stuff that was shown in the video beforehand, but Dan Rooney Jr. being at Georgia and at UNC Charlotte for uh, Grant DuBose, the, the big slot receiver over there. Okay. So, you know, we'll see. But day two right now, yeah, we're looking, the names that I mentioned and, and the positional coaches, um, you know, Keanu Benton, you know, could, could you go... Could you get both of these right here with Broderick Jones and Keanu Benton in your, from your mom? I'm not going to, I'm not going to press my luck, but, uh, uh, it, <laughs> you don't uh, want to hit the whammy. Uh, yeah. Uh, no yeah. whammy, no whammy, no more. Uh, <laughs> Stop. Uh, but it wouldn't, would it surprise you? No, I mean, I've had this pegged for, for a long time now, and I don't know if that's going to be a 32, maybe a pick 49, maybe in a trade down scenario. Again, I think corner is going to be where they go with their first pick in the second round, wherever that ends up being. But if he's there at 49, Keanu Benton, come on down. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I, I, any other things to recap here? And you know, any you want to talk quickly about what happened in that first round? Yeah, just give me your first round reaction overall. Obviously, Bryce Young at one, really no surprise there. The draft to me kind of started at two. C.J. Stroud goes two to Houston. The Texans go up from twelve to three to get Will Anderson. So, pretty exciting start to the draft. Yeah, it was. And when when uh, for, for for the Texans, the, uh, you got to take your hat off and hand it to to the Texans, right? Uh, they had a plan, they executed it. Uh, two of the first three picks uh, in the draft, uh, real real what they what could end up being franchise difference makers in C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. Uh, I mean the the Colts. You a lot of people obviously had them pegged to take a cornerback. Uh, what 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 do you think of the uh, Christian Gonzalez fall? Yeah, that's interesting. He was how many corners went off the board before him? Witherspoon. Is there another corner that went uh, off the board Forbes, right? Him? Forbes, yeah. Forbes to Washington at 16 was surprising and interesting to me. I'm a big fan of Christian Gonzalez, and I think the Patriots got a great player to trade back with Pittsburgh and still get him. So I think it's going to be, you know, a headache for, for uh receivers for a long time. Uh, let's see, uh, Tyree Wilson uh, to the Raiders. Uh, you got that one right in your yeah. in your first round, Mom. Yeah. Uh, B. John uh, Robinson to the Falcons. Uh, yeah. What I think the here's what I had kind of circled ahead of of this that I put out on Twitter as the most intriguing things to watch in the first round. It was C.J. Stroud, and of course that C. Two stuff, which which ended up being nothing, you know, uh, as far as the board, uh, you know, as far as him coming off the board, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jalen Carter and, 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 and the character issue, which he still ended up going into top 10, uh, B John, uh, Robinson, how early, and I had in parentheses, how early for him, 
Um, Lucas Van Ness and the fit where I had fit in parentheses with him kind of wondering what was going to happen there. And I think the other name that I had on, on that list of, you know, in, intriguing things to watch Peter Skronsky and obviously because of the arm length. Right. And, uh, he ended up being, I guess I, I didn't listen to the, I haven't read any reports on since he went to Tennessee. Are they viewing him as a left tackle? I would imagine that's where he's going to get his, get his initial breakout there. Is there, did you, have you heard anything of how they view him? I didn't listen. I can try to look it up here really quickly. I, I mean, again, he was probably conventionally viewed as a left guard, but you know, in Tennessee, I, I don't know how they, I, they I just him wonder, as a tackle. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't obviously didn't pay attention to that last night. Uh, you know, another thing that kind of played into me ultimately mocking uh, Broderick, Broderick Jones to the Steelers there uh, as, as part of him maybe sliding through some of the cracks there was the fact that uh, I, I wondered if maybe a team might value Darnell Wright in that experience of his, of his uh, early in, in the middle of this round here uh, overall. And that ended up being being the case. Now, did I think it was going to be 10 overall? I, yeah, that it was a little bit surprising. But uh, in my in my first round mock that I released several hours before the, the start of uh, the festivities Thursday night, I had Darnell off the board by the time he got to 17. Uh Brian Baldinger really, really likes uh, Darnell Wright. And I started thinking, man, you know, is there a lot of smoke? You know, is is, is there going to be, you know, fire here when when, when, it, when it comes to this stuff? And uh, kudos to Bal- you know, Baldinger because uh, he, he was kind of on the Darnell Wright uh, bandwagon of, you know, he probably should go earlier uh, than where a lot of people have. And that, that, that ended up being what happened there. Yeah, 100%. And uh, Ryan Poles, a former offensive lineman, gets uh, a really good right tackle in Darnell Wright. It looks like Brable had said Peter Skaronsky is an offensive lineman. The team will sort out whether okay. he plays guard or tackle. So a non-answer there from Mike Brable. Yeah, what else happened in the, uh, I think, the back Jameer, end of the one? Jameer Gibbs at number 12. To uh, he's a, Look, he is a talented back. Uh, and he can give you some explosive plays. That's another thing that we talked about, right? Uh, if you're going to get a running back, you're going to take him in the first round. He better be, be able to deliver some explosive plays. But uh, uh, I, I, I never saw him uh, uh, being a first-round uh, draft pick there. We talked about Will McDonald early in this show about him going to the Jets overall. Uh, I think it's a fine player there. I just, I didn't see that happening in the first round. Jack Campbell uh, in the first round to the Lions. Uh, Kalijah Cansey in the first round to the Buccaneers. Uh, I think the testament of how long it took for the wide receivers to come off the board tells you a little bit about the top end of this class, right? Yeah, not a strong top end, but when they, I mean, it was a big run. It was uh, Smith and Jigba at 20, Quentin Johnston 21, Zay Flowers 22, Jordan Addison 23. So four receivers in a row. And so I think that speaks to the, that class having some 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 depth and some decent talent, not, not top end, not top five, top 10 type guys, but some good mid to, to late around uh, first round picks. What, uh, look, this is a, this isn't an exact science. You know, it's a, it's a sort through and get through as much tape as you can and read what you can try to form your opinion of, 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 you know, who's going to go where and, and, and that kind of thing there. But, uh, what's, uh, what's one kind of maybe lesson learned when it just comes to the first round the other night? 
I mean, it's one we say every year, but nobody knows anything. And we right. can mock draft and hear the reports and, and none of it, most of it does not come true by the time, you know, draft day rolls around. And some of that is trades and the unpredictability of what teams, you know, what moves they make and moves they don't make and things like that. But no one knows anything for sure. And uh, my, my takeaway is we got to get Roger Goodell to stop letting the Eagles get all these great Georgia players. They get Jalen uh, Carter and Nolan Smith. Are you kidding me? Their entire defense is just a Georgia defense that has been called up like a minor league team to, to Philadelphia. It, it's pretty absurd. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, boy, if, if Jalen Carter keeps his nose clean, <laughs> uh, they're going to have a hell of a front, right? How about the AFC North? The two picks from uh non Steelers, uh, Teams there in the north and uh, Zay Flowers to Baltimore, a solid pick there. And Miles Murphy to Cincinnati. I thought he was a Baltimore guy, ends up being a Cincinnati guy. You surprised they took an edge rusher there? I was. A little bit, but man, those those even fronts, they want that really good rotation. I mean, you see what the Eagles did. I mean, all, all, any good 4-3 defense pass rush has so many dudes you can bring in that'll be fresh. And so now you have Hendrickson and Hubbard and Murphy and some other rotational guys in that mix. And so... I think if you're, you know, if you're that team that's not going to blitz much, you better have that really strong, consistent front four, and Miles Murphy can provide that. Okay. Uh, before we get out of here, I guess we should talk about Lamar Jackson getting his deal. Yeah, five years. What's the terms on that? Two hundred sixty million, just above the Jalen Hurts contract. Not fully guaranteed. I believe one eighty-five is the guarantee, and obviously we have to get specific language and information on what exactly is guaranteed and all that kind of stuff, but sounds very similar to the Jalen Hurts deal, just a little rung above it. Yep. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see some of those rolling option bonuses uh, in there to help keep his uh, first year cap hit down. Uh, look, we've said this for quite a while uh, uh, when it comes to him. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those situations that you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> right mm -hmm. as far as getting a deal done uh 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 with him and you know I, I i put it out on twitter right after you know they 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 placed a franchise tag on him that that it was in my gut that when the smoke clears they finally get a deal done with him you know and and they did uh i think it took the i i think it took the jalen hurts deal deal getting done for for Lamar to see that he ain't going to get a fully guaranteed, probably not going to get a fully guaranteed uh, deal out of this. Uh, I think once he saw that, that part of the process there, uh, I think it just came down to, okay, well just let me beat him and kind of keep some of the same, you know, uh, uh, structure and all involved in that. Uh, and let's move forward with this thing. So uh, they 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 got the deal done with him. People are gonna Steeler fans are probably gonna say, uh, "Thank goodness, uh, good on them." That's just gonna put uh, the Ravens in 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 salary cap hell and yada yada. Look, they uh, they'll be able to move her around maneuver around this uh, from a restructure standpoint from the first couple of years. Uh, through this thing. So there it's not going to be like, and look, they're, they're freeing up a lot of cap space this off season now mm -hmm. by getting that done. So if you're going to look at the negatives on the back end, look at the positives on the front end of this. And that's what we always try to do, right? We try to look at these things as objectively as possible here. Um, 
they're gonna they're gonna drive his cap down cap cap charge down now. Uh, whatever they missed out early on in you know, if there's any downside to this through this process is that they they probably were forced to sit on their hands <laughs> quite a bit through the through through free agency. But now there's talk about you know possible. We'll see what happens with any trades now, right? With a with 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 maybe them acquiring somebody else or whatnot and all. But I uh, you know they're going to be able to maneuver through this with him through at least 2025 their biggest enemy right now when it comes to this contract and Lamar Jackson is Lamar's health right sure has not finished the last two years because of injury and the Raven season has tanked in both years because of it so that's the risk that you take but I think that I think that's a better risk to assume than letting him leave and walk and try to replace Lamar Jackson so um, yeah, it was a good day for your predictions, Dave, because you had said all along you were pretty confident Baltimore was going to retain Lamar. I agreed with you, and now they did. Now he'll, he'll remain a Raven. All right. Uh, anything else you'd like to add before we jump on a couple quick emails here? Just got to say about the, the little crazy news right before the draft started, the, the Cardinals having to give up draft picks or agreeing to draft picks with Philadelphia because of a, a self-reported tampering. So the Cardinals franchise, that's a, it's a heck of a way to start for the, for that new GM, uh, Monty uh, Austin Fort over there. The, that was strange. Now, my question, because, okay, uh, you self so in other words, teams can work it out on their own for breaking the rules. Apparently, I didn't know that was a thing. I thought the league handled all that kind of stuff. But apparently teams can just, you know, Wild West duel it and figure it out. And <laughs> NFL just says, all right, that's fine. Should that be allowed? I mean, and I haven't had a chance to read deep into this. I, I know the surface information like you do there. A, I was surprised at at at, at the way it was worded and 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 the press releases by, by, by the team and all like that. Uh, it, it just, it doesn't make sense. You know, uh, you guys just work it out. And, and in other words, I think there should still be a penalty in here. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, it's, it's a new situation to me. So to my knowledge of the NFL got involved with those things, but I get, I guess because the Cardinals self-reported, there was more leniency to, to let them kind of self-police. And if the Eagles are happy with it, then, then that's, I guess all that really matters. All right, we should uh, be expecting the Mike Tomlin phone call video here probably any time now. <laughs> and right. we have a press conference later, a little bit later today with uh, 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 Broderick Jones and him getting a jersey and all. So going to be an exciting day. Let's get to some emails. What do you, what do you expect on the uh, Tomlin call? Is it, uh, hey, Broderick, you healthy? Hey, big guy. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, hey, big guy. Yeah. yeah. Hey, big guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Uh, Seth. Bergstein writes in, hey, David Alex, first of all, nobody does offseason pre-draft better than y'all. Thank you guys and your whole crew. Uh, look, shout out to the Depot guys last night uh, as well, too. Man, you want to talk about a team that can can knock some stuff out. Uh, they 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 did it. Uh, you just got you guys just don't see what's behind the scenes that goes on uh, here. And, uh, uh, you know, the whole crew, obviously, through this pre-draft process and the 200 and how many total? Uh, uh, draft profiles, 270, 272, 
272, just amazing. And, you know, Alex, uh, you know, uh, helps uh, uh, keeps this machine running on a day-to-day basis and just incredible work these guys do. Uh, Seth writes in here on Friday morning, I'm feeling very optimistic for the first time in a long time between the Jones pick and plenty of great names left on the board along with trade-down options. I can see this team becoming a dominant force with the ground game, which should give Pickett every opportunity to grow. I love where we're headed. Uh, I see an identity forming. Do you agree or think I'm getting a little ahead of myself? Look, I mean, the first day of the draft and you move up and you get a starting left tackle and a young one that's got some upside to him. Why wouldn't you be excited right now? And then looking at, sure. at the possibilities that might happen, we just talked about you could come away with four guys in 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 these next two rounds. You know, so uh, hey, I mean, I, I you know, I I would caution to say you know you know, I, you know make sure people aren't too far out ahead of their skis, but. I mean, that's why you watch this stuff, right? To get a little excited. So uh, I, I think it's okay to be to have a little bit of optimism coming out of uh, out of out of round one right now, and the prospects uh, that this team is facing uh, in 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 day two of the draft. So optimism away. Yeah, it's a fun time. It should be an exciting time. It's a good player. It's a good move. You got a bunch of options on day two, so this team will get even better after today. However, that ends up. Looking, do want to note here, Jeremy Fowler just uh, tweeting a moment ago. I'll, I'll read the tweet here uh, verbatim, quote, four teams have engaged the Steelers with legitimate interest in trading for the number 32 pick per, per sources. Pittsburgh would need an aggressive offer to move off the pick, given the talent available to it, should the Steelers stay put, end quote. And so four teams calling about that 32 pick, and that's good because that'll drive that price tag up. More competition for those quarterbacks, hopefully the better offer Pittsburgh could get. Uh, Michael Rocket writes in, Dear men of the terrible podcast, uh, great work and coverage this year for the draft. Thanks to the whole team for the effort. I'm sure you, you've, you've covered all the common questions about Broderick Jones, so here's an offbeat question for you. I'm just wondering when Broderick sneaks out and grabs a touchdown pass. Your thoughts on the odds of this super athletic beast uh, catching a touchdown pass in his rookie year? Uh, rookie year, maybe not. But uh, let me tell you, that guy can get off the line. He 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 has, he has if he's so asked or inclined to do as such, uh, he could he could do it uh, there. But uh, uh, I don't want to put more on his plate. You know, I want him I want him to win that left tackle job outright first <laughs> and foremost uh, here before we start talking about him sneaking out on some tackle elves when grabbing some touchdown passes. But yeah, I, I see where you're going, Michael. Just the overall takeaway, the fact that uh, uh, he's got some athleticism to get out there in space. Broderick Jones reporting eligible. I was going to say his number, but I don't know what number he's going to wear. It's not going to be 59. That's uh, spoken for by by Jack Cam. So we'll just say number. 60-something, reporting eligible, Broderick Jones, one of those tackle-eligible plays. You know, Pittsburgh runs some of those unbalanced looks. Maybe you do something kind of funky with that one of these times uh, in his in his career. Nick Shuley uh, evidently uh, is upset about uh, the Steelers' first-round pick. Nick writes in, Alex and Dave, when your best corner is 33 years old, Patrick Peterson, how on earth can this team pass on, pass on Christian Gonzalez? Uh I mean, Nick, can we let the rest of the trap play out? <laughs> play out here, buddy. Uh, that that that. Look, uh, there are a lot of people in my timeline. Yo, you look. Alex is a huge. Alex is a huge Christian Gonzalez fan. 
You know, yeah, uh, I, th- Alex- I think he was a better player than Broderick Jones, to be honest with you. Right. Uh, you know, Alex was probably hoping for, for him to fall there. Uh, I, I, I get it here, but let's let's not let's not paint. Let's not paint this entire thing uh, off of this uh, in its entirety. I they have more cornerbacks on a contract than they did. Did did true tackles. I'll tell you that. Uh <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, I know, you know, you got some guys in Levi Wallace and Akella Witherspoon and, and, uh, oh, uh, Arthur Millette and obviously Patrick Peterson and, you know, James Pierre and all like that. And, you know, all, really only Peterson's a guy that, that could potentially stick there. I'll, I'll promise you this, Nick, the Steelers are going to address cornerback on day two of the NFL draft. There you go. I pointed to the fence. You Calling go. your shot, sticking your neck you out, go. Dave. Uh, yeah, I think the first point you made is the point to note. Let, let's see how day two plays out. This draft is not over. It's far from it. It's, it's been one pick. And, and as we mentioned, you know, this cornerback class is so deep. It's so talented. You know, again, Joey Porter Jr. being there at 32, did not expect that to occur. And so they're going to get a good cornerback regardless of, of who it is. And so, again, I, I love Christian Gonzalez. I would have been happy if he was the pick but I totally understand and can, and can get on board with this team going tackle, given the, the need there to, to get better and hopefully a whole lot better. And then just knowing that, as you said, if you did not get a tackle at, at in the first round, you weren't going to get a tackle at all because there just was nobody left. And, and guys, Pittsburgh had shown interest in with Harrison coming off the board later in the first round. So positional value, understanding, understanding the depth of the class, all important components of deciding on who to make the pick. You know, that's the thing, Nick. Uh, this was the end of the uh, tackle, the, the top tier tackles right here. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't go up and get a guy like Broderick Jones right here, then you know, then you're into Anton Harrison. You're into and Harrison's gone. You know, right? I mean, he's and off the gone. Twenty six. Right. Uh, and then that, yeah, that, uh, good point. So you don't, you don't get him. So then you're in, you're in. I think you're in Matthew Bergeron territory at that point. And, and, you know, there's some people wondering if he might need to move inside or not. So you're, you're, you're in that ter- territory right there. You're, you're probably not going to, you might, I don't know what you do. You punt, I think you punt yeah. a tackle. You get to get somebody later, but your starters are Dan Moore jr. And Shaquille McCor for it. And, and right. that's locked in. Right. So, you know, kind of, kind of understand you know, where the positional value is here overall, whereas this cornerback class is, 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 you know, a lot deeper than the tackle class is overall, a lot of different shapes and sizes uh, as well within that. Let's see. Uh, I think we got them all knocked out there, Alex, and we need to, to start getting ready for the, uh, for the uh, first round draft pick press conference later today. Anything else you'd like to add? What an exciting first night. Yeah, great first night. Thank you so much to the Depot team. I felt really prepared for this pick, and that's a product of the work put in mm-hmm. over the last couple of months by by the entire crew. So appreciate that. Appreciate the readers, the listeners. Uh, terrific turnout. I mean, it's you know, like 2 a.m. last night, and the site's still humming. I mean, people are just still flocking to the site. So it's a, it's a really fun weekend, and day two will be, I think, just as exciting. I think so as well, too. And uh, get by steedersdepot.com. We'll have a discussion thread going uh, for, uh, for 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 day two. And I think even that hit, I don't know, 
what was it, 1,500 comments last night, something like that. I think at one point there were like almost damn near 3,000 people on the site at one time uh, <laughs> uh, 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 last night there. Appreciate the support. Appreciate everybody listening. Hope you follow us on Twitter. Follow me at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Cazorra. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, go to steedersdepot.com. Hit the donate button up right now. Navigational bar. Uh, also, if you like an ad-free version of the site, steedersdepot.com, hit the ad-free button up right navigational bar and follow the directions that way. We'll see you on Twitter. We'll see you on, on the site. And uh, Alex and I will be back uh, with another version, I guess, bright and early Saturday morning, right? Oh, yeah. We'll be here to cover what's going to be a very busy and very eventful. Like day one is, is fun, but it's one pick. It's one guy. Day two, day three, it starts coming in hot and heavy. It's going to be a lot of fun. As always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.